Play the movie. Yeah, play. And thank you for tuning into another episode of the Milk Movies Podcast. The date today, I'm going to start doing that now. The date today is November 30th, 2020, and I got a big time episode for you guys today. It's not really a milestone episode in the sense of it being a big episode number. It's the 38th episode, but I will be reviewing my 99th and 100th movies on here. So thank you for everybody who's been following along since the beginning. Thank you everybody who's been supporting me, or if you've just kind of jumped on board uh, as of late and went back and watched some episodes. Not watched them. You listen to them. This is a podcast. Uh, Whatever the case, 100 reviews. Got that under the belt now. So again, thank you for everybody for supporting me along the way. Hope you've been enjoying it. Movie news. Uh, Not a ton of big-time movie news within the past week. Just some interesting stuff. Uh, Starting off with Godzilla vs. Kong, which will most likely be releasing on a streaming service. And with that, it looks like it will be going to HBO Max in 2021. We were supposed to get that movie this year, same with everything, got moved back to 2021. Uh, They received a $200 million offer from Netflix, and if I remember correctly from the article, that would cover 75% of the production cost for the film. Uh, However, Warner Media blocked the offer from Netflix in favor of its own platform, that being HBO Max. Uh, I... I don't know how I feel about this. I think it's different when it's something like Wonder Woman 1984. Obviously, that was a major domino in movies pretty much for the foreseeable future, going to streaming platforms or just being able to watch them at home instead of in the theater. Uh, here, it's it's just different. Godzilla versus Kong, and not even just that, just the Godzilla movies that we've gotten so far, are so visually, I was going to say stunning. I don't know if they're stunning. They're just, they're nuts to see these monsters on the big screen like that, uh, the sounds that you get to hear from it, the explosions, the action, like everything that goes into those movies and what actually makes them work, because if we're being completely honest, the stories have uh, sucked, just to put it bluntly. It, they just look awesome, and you like seeing Godzilla versus these amazing monsters. They did an amazing job in that sense. Uh, so here, I don't know how I feel about this. It's fine. It is what it is. But this is actually one of those movies where if you have like surround sound, you want to take advantage of it. If you're able to make the room as dark as possible when you see the movie, that's what you should be doing. Uh, So I don't know. I guess that's my two cents on it. So be it. If it goes to HBO Max, whatever, I have it. So it's cool. Um, I could see this getting a similar treatment to Wonder Woman 1984 as well in the sense that it's going to have a combo release where it gets to go to theaters and release on HBO Max like at the same time. Uh, If it does... Like I said, so let me rephrase that. If Wonder Woman 1984 does well, that's what I meant to say. If that movie does well with that structure, with it going to HBO Max and releasing in theaters, my guess is that Godzilla vs. Kong will, again, get that same treatment. And from there on out, that's just what's going to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen with every studio here with like Warner Media. They're probably going to do that with Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, as they did with Wonder Woman 1984, and probably uh, their future projects. Maybe not everything, but you have to imagine. So we'll see. My guess is it's going to happen, though. They're going to go to HBO Max. They'll probably do a theatrical release as well. Again, with a movie like that, you can't not see it in theaters or at least give that option. So we'll see. But expect that Godzilla vs. Kong releases on a streaming platform in 2021. Next up, another movie that we got some news when it will be releasing and where it will be releasing, Cherry. 
Cherry will be releasing in theaters on February 26th and on Apple TV Plus on March 12th. This is the first film directed by the Russo brothers since they finished up the Infinity Saga uh, with Infinity War and then Endgame. Uh, they've, they've obviously worked on some other movies since that time. You think about Extraction that came out earlier this year. They did 21 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman, where it's today, as I'm recording this, would have been his 44th birthday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this this is going to be a big-time movie. Tom Holland is in the lead. Uh, synopsis for it here, short one. The film follows an army medic suffering from PTSD who becomes a serial bank robber after an addiction to drugs caused by a relationship that goes wrong uh, puts him in debt. So, that's that. It's going to be a big-time movie. They're releasing it uh, ahead of award season, so they're able to make a big push for it. Uh, that's the big motivation behind this movie is making an award-winning film. And again, getting Tom Holland kind of away from Spider-Man. Not that anybody really wants that because everybody likes him as Spider-Man from what I understand. Uh, but, yeah, big-time movie. We just know when it's going to be coming out now. Coming out in February and then again on Apple TV Plus March 12th. Next up, sticking with Spider-Man here and Tom Holland... This is a rumor, but it's another big one. Alfred Molina will reprise his role as Doc Ock or Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 3. A source within Disney and Marvel has reported that Molina will be returning to the franchise. However, it is unknown whether this version will be the same as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Until we get confirmation that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are involved in this movie, which they have to be, Honestly, nothing is going to get me more excited for this film. It's kind of like everything that's going on with the, the MCU right now, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm at my peak of intrigue and interest and excitement. Like, I just, I want those movies, I want that uh, universe to be back. So like I said, I mean, until we actually get to see these movies and, and these shows, I'm good. Like, I have peaked on my excitement and my intrigue toward what they're going to be doing. So... This is very cool if it's, again, it is just a rumor, but if it happens, that sounds about right. That is literally just like the live action Spider-Verse movie because we got to see Doc Ock in that as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like it, but I'm not more excited because of this. It does sound like the plan for the MCU going forward, or this is my, I guess, speculation, is that every movie, specifically movie, will feel as big and important as an Avengers movie uh, just because obviously with how much work they've done so far, you have to do something different to keep fans interested and engaged and wanting more. So I think the movies themselves are going to be that big. And then the TV shows will carry the brunt of the weight in developing its characters and going forward and establish establishing overarching plot lines. I could obviously be wrong in that, but it does sound like aside from, you know, we're going to get like a Blade solo movie. Uh, we're going to get another Captain Marvel 2 but again, that's kind of my example where Blade could very well be just about Blade, but then something like Captain Marvel 2, I don't know why I use Captain Marvel 2 as my example, but we already know that Spider-Man 3 is going to be like Avengers level big time. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is probably going to be the same. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, same thing. Captain Marvel 2 is kind of in that like weird spot where it very could very well could be uh, Avengers level big, and it could just be Captain Marvel 2. So we'll see. The MCU, I, I trust that Kevin Feige's got everything figured out. I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. That's just kind of where things stand right now. But again, the big rumor uh, on the table right now is that Alfred Molina is back as Doc Ock will officially enter the MCU in Spider-Man 3. 
sticking with Marvel-related characters, or actors, I should say, Mark Ruffalo, and kind of Ryan Reynolds here, uh, but Mark Ruffalo has been cast as Ryan Reynolds' dad in The Atom Project for Netflix. Uh, Mark Ruffalo will portray a brilliant physicist, and Catherine Keener, who has also been cast, will play the movie's villain, a woman who has stolen powerful technology from the physicist. Uh, I don't remember if I talked about this in last week's episode. I'll actually scroll just a little bit to see if I did. I kind of don't think I did. Uh, still looking. Doesn't look like I did. Uh, so basically, the I should have written it down here. The synopsis for The Atom Project, it's basically just going to be Ryan Reynolds going back in time to, to deal with his former self or something like that or learn from him, his former self. And he's going to meet up with his dad, this being Mark Ruffalo, and they're going to be the same age and they kind of go from there. That's a very bad synopsis. I should have written it down. Uh, but it's just going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo in a father-son duo, but just being the same age. So that's that. Again, it's from Netflix, and Ryan Reynolds seems to be doing predominantly Netflix movies. I don't know if they signed a first-look deal or anything that I'm not aware of, uh, but so be it. I mean, Ryan Reynolds kind of has free reign to do what he wants at this point. So cool. That's that. Uh, next up, Neil Patrick Harris has joined the cast of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I haven't talked about this movie in a while. Uh, this one is about Nicolas Cage. That rings a bell. The film revolves around a fictionalized version of Nicolas Cage, who is playing himself as a fictionalized version, uh, accepting a $1 million offer to attend a party of a superfan, and that superfan is played by Pedro Pascal. Tiffany Haddish, and Sharon Horgan will also star. It seems like it's... I'm, I'm really excited for this. I think a fictionalized, self-aware version of Nicolas Cage and then Pedro Pascal, of all people, playing a super fan who kind of goes berserk. Uh, I mean, I love that. I'm, I'm all in on whatever movie this is. I am not as on board with the Nicolas Cage uh, weird fandom as a lot of people are. I suppose I get it, but each their own. If you love them, you love them. If you're indifferent toward them, you're indifferent toward them, but whatever. This movie, though, I really like it. I like Neil Patrick Harris. I like everybody that's involved in this, so looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's as funny as it probably should be. Next up, a movie that got delayed an entire year by Universal Pictures, one that I, I honestly don't think too many people are gonna be too concerned about. The 355. Great cast, kind of bland, recycled concept. Not gonna get into it. If you know what the 355 is, it's moving back a year. If you don't, that's fine, because you have a year and some change until you need to know what it is, and it's whatever. 355, see you in 2022. Uh, it was going to come out in January, if I didn't mention that. January, I think, 15, 2021. Now, January 2022. Moving on to trailers. We have some uh, pretty pretty wild trailer news to go over. We have a, a jaw-dropping, shocking trailer. We have a trailer that happened, so I'm going to talk about it. And then we have a pretty good trailer. I'm excited to talk about third. Uh, but first, we have to start with Clifford the Big Red Dog. If you didn't see this, it's not its not a trailer, it's a teaser, but we did get our first look at the live-action version of Clifford. If you didn't get a chance to see this, pause this podcast, go to Twitter, look up at Milk Movies, see what I posted about Clifford the Big Red Dog. It's its something. Right now, it's scheduled to come uh, to theaters November 5th, 2021. I think it was supposed to come out this year. They moved it back like everything to 2021. We'll see if it releases sooner or later or on demand or whatever they decide to do. But well, let me read the synopsis first. Let me get this out of the way. 
A young girl's love for a tiny puppy named Clifford makes the dog grow to an enormous size. That's not exciting. That doesn't do anything for you, I'm sure. But uh, Clifford, uh, I gasped. I was in complete shock when I saw him. And that's nothing against the animators. I'm sure this was just the vision. And I, like, when if, if you're going to make these animated things live action, it's hard. Like, I completely understand that it's hard. Like, what direction are you going to take? You could do something like uh, Detective Pikachu, where you do make them look uh, like... Like, it's, it's very clear that they're animated. You can go the Lion King route, where they are just an... It's like an actual lion. You get all these real animals uh, looking like they are, and they're, it's just... It's the movie. Uh, you could go the route of, like, Sonic, where you made them look... It's clear that they're not meant to be real, real. I don't know how to word it necessarily. But with Clifford the Big Red Dog, they decided to make it, it's just, it's a Labrador, but red. And it just looks like it got drenched in paint. And then you tried to, you know, wash it out and it didn't come out all the way. So the dog's fur is basically just like stained red. It's shocking. The dog looks adorable. It's a Labrador. That's one of my favorite breeds. But it's hard to look at. The dog does not look like it's the right size. Uh, it just, it looks, it looks bizarre. It's, I, I hate to be so cruel and just harsh on these animators because it's, they're doing their best and it doesn't look, it's just something. It is, it's really just something. Honestly, if you're going to make Clifford the big red dog, it doesn't need to look like a real dog. You can get away with this movie by making it look like, like Clifford in the books. So that's that. I mean, I don't know. It was when I saw, when I got the notification, like, Hey, Clifford, the big red dog teaser. I was like, Oh, what direction did they take with Clifford? What are, I don't, I'm just looking forward to what they decided to do. And when they panned over to Clifford and you saw what they did, it's, it's something. It's, it's really something. Uh, next up boss baby two or the boss baby family business coming to theaters March 26th. I got nothing for it. It's just a trailer that dropped last week. The first Boss Baby is, it's a movie and it's fine. Like I, I I don't think I've talked to anybody ever that hated that movie, but I also haven't talked to anybody that loved it. It's, it's just kind of a movie that's, that's out there. Synopsis for Boss Baby 2 or the Boss Baby family business. The Templeton brothers have become adults and drifted away from each other, but a new Boss Baby with a cutting edge approach is about to bring them together again and inspire a new family business. It's literally just the Boss Baby again with another character thrown in there. So if, if you're a big fan of the Boss Baby, which again, I don't know anybody that is, enjoy. It's it's just a movie that's going to be coming out on March 26th. Uh, final trailer. This is the one that actually looked, it just looked good. It looked heartwarming. Our Friend. It's coming to theaters in VOD in January. I think January 22nd. Uh, synopsis for it. After receiving life-altering news, a couple finds unexpected support from their best friend who puts his own life on hold and moves into their family home, bringing an impact much greater and more profound than anyone could have imagined. It's starring Dakota Johnson, Casey Affleck, and Jason Siegel, and I like this cast. I like the story. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to be, well, like I said, heartwarming. I like all three of these actors. I like them in these roles. Dakota Johnson and Casey Affleck seem to be married. Jason Siegel is the friend. Jason Siegel. He's just, he's, I think he's just wonderful. So I like him in this role. I, I just think this is going to be a good movie. Like, like, like mid eighties 
on the milk meter, good. It's just gonna be a good movie. I don't know how else to describe it. Our friend, good movie. Again, that'll be coming out on VOD and in theaters in January. That's it for news. Not a ton this week. Like I said, nothing profound, nothing crazy exciting. Just just some updates for you. Uh, next week, though, and I, oh, I didn't get to talk about it yet. So, if you read the title of this episode, before I get into what I'm actually going to be talking about today and what's going to be releasing next week, I ran in a, into a whole do-to-do with my bank over the past week. Long story short, uh, they just decided to cancel. I already, I need a new credit card. And they didn't send it to me. So I was like, hey, can I have my credit card? And they're like, of course. However they heard that, whatever the situation is, on three separate occasions, they did not do anything about my credit card that I have not received and did cancel my debit card. So I just don't have access to any of my money or cards or anything. Uh, so I've been in a whole, like I said, do-to-do for the past few days, like like in, even into the middle of last week that they just haven't been able to do anything about this. And they're closed for the holidays, so I wasn't able to reach anybody. And the one person that I did said, mm, you're going to have to wait until Monday. So with that, I was not able to rent any of the movies that I wanted to. So like Fat Man came out uh, on VOD last week, and I was really looking forward to seeing that. Wasn't able to do that. And then Hulu... Of all the timing in the world, I'm supposed to get billed on the exact day that I realized they, once again, canceled my debit card. So, I don't have Hulu right now. I don't have HBO Max, so I wasn't able to see Super Intelligence yet. Uh, I, I I just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's, are you kidding me? So, I'm in a whole thing right now, uh, even with, like, football and stuff, live TV, don't have access to that right now. So fortunately, my team, the Detroit Lions, played on Thanksgiving. Well, not fortunately, because that was that was the, that was quite the game to watch. Anyways, just a whole situation. So I'm going to be a little bit behind on seeing these new movies, and that might affect what I do next week, just because again, I'm going to be uh, offset a little bit. However, there are two movies coming out on December 4th. I mentioned a while ago that that is a big movie weekend. I'm going to have stuff to talk about next week. So it should be fine. I'm just letting you know, very frustrating past few days or past week uh, with me and my bank. Anyways, the movies that will be coming out on December 4th. Big ones, like I said. Mank finally comes to Netflix. Sound of Metal finally hits Amazon Prime. Both of those had limited theatrical releases uh, in the weeks prior. Sound of Metal, I, I'm really looking forward to that movie. Of all the movies that came out this year and just everything that everything has been through, that's the one movie that I'm like chomping at the bit to actually see. Maybe, I don't know that everybody is, but I personally am. I said it a while ago, I think when this, the first trailer released, I am personally going to vouch for Riz Ahmed winning an Oscar for this movie. I don't, I could be completely off. I don't know if it's going to be that kind of movie. I don't know if he's going to deliver that kind of performance, but this movie has been incredibly well-received so far from critics and audiences alike, which is, it's fantastic. And I just, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I think that Riz Ahmed is going to deliver an amazing performance. So uh, credit to me if Riz Ahmed even gets nominated for an Oscar for this movie, because I'm, I think that he's going to do a great job. I'm really looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. Uh, Otherwise, Godmothered will be releasing on Disney Plus on the same day uh, as the other two. And then Nomadland, 
that will be releasing in theaters on Friday as well. That has gotten true Oscar buzz. Not from me, because I, I don't know a ton about it still other than a trailer that released. Uh, but Frances McDermott seems to be back in her bag in the lead here. So I, I think Nomadland is actually going to uh, maybe not win any Oscars. I haven't seen it. I think it's definitely going to be nominated for some. Um, but in my humble opinion, Mank is probably going to get some Oscar attention just because it's as artsy as it is and it's about the film industry. So whatever. Uh, Riz Ahmed, me personally, me, myself, and I am promoting him for Oscar buzz. And then Nomadland, another Oscar, it sounds like Oscar-worthy movie. So big weekend for movies. Some other ones that are coming out as well, those are just the ones that I wanted to note. Next week, like I said, expect Sound of Metal and Mank. Those are the two that I'm probably going to be talking about. Today, the two that I did get to see, the two that I will be talking about, Happiest Season, released on Hulu before my Hulu got canceled. Uh, but Happiest Season, the synopsis for it. A young woman's plans to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party are upended when she discovers her partner hasn't yet come out to a conservative parents. Uh, final review will be Uncle Frank. That will be my 100th review on the Milk Movies podcast. Synopsis for Uncle Frank, released on Amazon Prime. In 1973, when Frank Bledsoe and his 18-year-old niece, Beth, take a road trip from Manhattan to Creekville, South Carolina, for the family patriarch's funeral, they're unexpectedly joined by Frank's lover, Walid. Without further ado, let's review Happiest Season. While it may not check all the boxes for a traditional holiday movie, Happiest Season works for just that reason. It's different. From the complexities of relationships, the highs and lows of the holiday season, and the hardships of being true to yourself and coming out to your friends and family, Happiest Season delivers a heartfelt story filled with a number of laughs. Happiest Season is rated PG-13. It is directed by Clea Duvall. It is categorized as a romance and a comedy, a rom-com, that runs one hour and 42 minutes long, and it stars Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Allison Brie, Daniel Levy, and Aubrey Plaza. Happiest Season comes in at an 83% full on the milk meter. If I had to fault this movie for one thing, it would be, funny enough, everything that had to do with Christmas. I completely understand using the holidays as an avenue for bringing family together and the tension that comes with meeting new people and trying to impress them, but I thought the emotions surrounding the holiday itself felt forced. I didn't necessarily need a deep dive into Abby's past life and her family and all, but the Grinch and Cindy Lou Who dynamic between herself and Harper didn't seem warranted. Outside of that, I did truly enjoy the development of their relationship. It never went as far as ripping my heart completely out of my chest, but it definitely hurt to watch Abby roll with the lies all the way to her breaking point. And supplementing her reality with Harper's past behavior through Riley's experiences added a very impactful touch. Will Happiest Season work its way into the holiday rotation in the future? Probably not. Like I said, the holiday side of the story was probably its weakest. But even so, there's still a lot to like about this movie and its characters, and that should be enough to make Happiest Season work on any given day of the year. It's well documented how heavy the weight of coming out to those you care about can be, especially in any era that's not today. Uncle Frank offers an impactful look at just how difficult that journey can be, especially when it comes at the most inopportune time. Uncle Frank is rated R, is directed by Alan Ball, and is categorized as a drama, and only a drama, that runs 1 hour and 35 minutes long, and it stars Paul Bettany, Sophia Lillis, Peter McDissie, Stephen Root, 
and many others. Uncle Frank comes in at an 87% full on the milk meter. First off, a tip of the cap to Paul Bettany, who delivered an impressive and moving performance as Uncle Frank himself. Not only was he a strongly written character with a harsh past, he nailed the emotion of the character with how he delivered his lines and actions in the most emotional of moments. A question I have about this movie, though, and it really is a question more than a critique, who was the focus of this story? Or I should say, whose perspective were we meant to be following through the telling of this story? With Sophia Lillis narrating for a portion of the movie, and it of course being titled Uncle Frank and not just Frank or something else for that matter, you're naturally led to believe that the story is being told from her perspective. Suffice it to say, her character doesn't have much to do with any part of the story. She's obviously used as the bridge between Frank's story and the audience to allow us to better understand his character and his backstory, but the focus seemed to shift unnaturally from a narrator point of view to just Frank's. Fortunately, while I still thought this was worth noting, it didn't hinder my ability to appreciate his journey. And although his family reacted to the news with relative grace, it all goes to show just how much of a burden it can be for someone to feel trapped and hidden in this way. Uncle Frank may not be a story you can relate to yourself, but is most certainly one worth telling and one worth appreciating. That's all I have for news and reviews this week. Uh, remember, next week, on December 4th, you can see two big-time movies, three if you're willing to go to the theater. Uh, Nomadland will be the one going to theaters. Sound of Metal will be releasing on Amazon Prime. And Mank will be available on Netflix. All of those, again, on Friday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already. Share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter, at MilkMovies. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for following along for 100 reviews. Again, thank you for listening. Hasta la vista.